0: What's going on everyone? It is Booth and I'm coming at you with another BR roll down. I'm here with a very special guest. I know him as the roster guru. His name is really Liam in the server. What's going on, buddy? What's going on? Nothing much, man. Just trying to just trying to reconnect, trying to get everything going for Madden 23, which is uh franchise mode is looking a little bit better, but um can't get our hopes up too much with Madden, you know. Um
1: Uh, How are you feeling about it? What do you see in it? Yeah, so I went through, played a little bit of the beta, and um, I thought there were some nice changes to it. Um, You know, we'll kind of see how that all works out because every time they try to add something, you know, it looks good. doesn't always work. But, I mean, I think, you know, going through it, um, it looked promising and it looks like it's going to be a lot more enjoyable. They fixed, you know, scouting, which is a big problem. Um, The free agency looks a lot more in depth. So we'll just kind of see how that goes. Um, But I think it could be a good couple of additions.
0: Yeah. And hopefully that, uh, it's not like the vision cone, it's that new throwing anime, the throwing mechanic. Hopefully that doesn't break the game um, or make it less fun. Uh, if there's a way you could turn it off, that would be great, like a little toggle on I it. Think, but... I think there is a way to turn it off, yeah. Cool. Then I think we'll be set for this, Madden. Um, you're the roster guru. I labeled you that. Like <laughs> When you started making the roster for us, I think last year was the only year that um, BRO didn't use uh, your roster and you you were just starting out in college so it's completely understandable but now that I got you back you're not completely doing the roster uh we're not waiting for you to make it on the ps5 you're going to give me a spreadsheet uh I'm going to share that and we're going to go from there um real quick what would you like me to label that uh roster guru 23 or um just give me a name when I do put it in the file hopefully it You know, it gets up there in the thousands and downloads. (laughs) Uh, You know, I do want to kind of promote your stuff. I'm in that Neon Sports um, server, which we will be using again. They're working on a lot of new features, guys. I'll talk about that more. This is going to be a two-part Welcome Back Bro um, podcast. So just stay tuned, guys. And we're going to get through a lot of it slowly but surely. Uh, But yeah, I'll promote the roster in that neon sports and I'll just say like, here's a base roster. It's not as top heavy, you know, take what you can from it. And then if y'all need to edit it, that's fine. Just make sure y'all give us some downloads this year. Um, But yeah. So speaking of the roster, you got a little heat, you got a lot of heat already. You know, I'm looking, I just posted the uh, chargers and Broncos one and, there's a mad face by Al. There's a fire one from Ryan. Ah, that's about it. Uh, but your your Seahawks and Jets one. There's a bunch yep. of poop. There's like four or five poop emojis on that one. I don't know if that one's for the Jets.
1: Um, well, I have the... no problem clarifying any specific uh, problems anybody has if they want to. You know, too bad they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, go in more depth for the podcast, but you know. If you've been looking, I have no problem going in the chat and and clarifying it. Um, There's some other people out there who kind of just think that whatever they got runs supreme and they don't don't need to explain themselves to anybody. But, you know, I like to give reasoning um, for everything that I got. So if anyone has any specific ones they have questions about, I have no problem answering that.
0: Yes, uh, and I thank you for that, man. Reasonable. Before people, uh, before I got to know you, people would, uh, you know, lash out on you. I think I even lashed out at you a couple of times. Uh, um, <laughs> a little bit misunderstood. Uh but other than that, I'm trying to get some questions going right now. The only question that we do have, maybe you can answer it real quick, is uh, there is one about two safeties. One was Jordan Poyer and one was Marcus Williams. Uh, mm-hmm. Why are they rated what they're rated? 84 overall. Uh, that one was from Fallen. Um, Jordan Poyer, Bill's fans, am I right? It seems mm-hmm. low for someone coming off an all-pro season and then Rapid, the, our, our Panthers user, is asking uh, why is the why is the top five safety only eighty four overall? You want to
1: answer those real quick. Yeah. So starting with Jordan Poyer, um, interesting thing about him is he's thirty one. Um, spent some time with the Browns. Has been with the Bills for a little bit. The thing about the Bills is they run, you know, a big quarter system. So that's you know, four DBs playing deep. Um, You know, they have the best safety duo in the league, Mike Hyde, Jordan Poyer. So when you have guys like that in your secondary around you, it makes you look a lot better. Um, You know, not to say that he wasn't good last year. He was, you know, very deserving of an all-pro season. Um, It's just the issue of you've seen it with, you know, the Bears a couple years ago when they had that great defense. Eddie Jackson um, played alongside Adrian Amos. You know, they both benefit off each other. It's hard to, um, to distinguish sometimes pl- uh, a great safety playing on their own, um, you know, when they're playing beside someone, you know, who's a veteran who has be- been doing it for a long time, you know, especially in the quarter system, you know, you're talking different. If it's a true cover three, you know, there's a lot more single safety. They're, the two are doing things a little different. The other thing is, you know, he's a strong safety and he's not a great run defender, or at least wasn't last year, um, which isn't necessarily a problem. But when you have, you know, your free safety, that's usually who you want to be your bigger coverage guy. And then when you have your strong safety, you know, you want to see someone who's a little bigger. You know, he's only six foot tall. He's under 200 pounds. You know, he doesn't bring that same element of run defense that you want from you know your true strong safety he's not gonna you know man up your top tight ends too often he's gonna sit back you know in their core system which they do a great job of doing but it's you know that's the difference between being a really really good safety especially a strong safety and a really really great elite strong safety nice oh uh
0: so i hope that answered uh was that y'all's questions uh fallen in uh rapid. Um I do have a question for you. Um and this is this is something I'm planning on doing that's someone like a Matt Ryan, right? Or mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford who mm-hmm. leave their former situations and they find uh like a rejuvenation somewhat of how they can really play you know, I think with Matt Ryan, I think in your roster, he's an 80. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that like, and I'll ask you this afterwards, like, is that how, do you really think he's an 80 or is there, is there room to give him like, you know, something like an 83, 84, just to like give him the benefit? Because I mean, he's going to go to Frank Reich, uh, mm-hmm. who's, I don't know if he'll work in that offense, but we'll see what's going on. He, he is getting, you know, a, a better, uh, he did lose Julio, but he's getting a somewhat better wide receiving room than what he had in the, with the Falcons. Um, So what, what's like the, uh, how do you build that adjustment or assessment? How do you build that assessment of Matt Ryan? Cause the way I see it, right. Cause we know like, um, Matt Ryan's what 36 4. I believe he's 36 37 okay and that's kind of warranted right he's he, a player like that I mean he's not like Stafford Stafford's what three years younger than him four years yeah, younger Stafford's than him Stafford's like 33 34 so okay so it's kind of answering it like see so what I was thinking about doing uh who's the Colts user right now I think it's so o- OSU whole uh, forty three as you uh, i don't know how he pronounces it and I'm, I'm sorry for butchering that um, but l- let's say he's he's uh, i don't i i can't make a judgment on him playing um uh, but if even if he did have a good season he would regress down to like a seventy four or seventy five and that's something that we gotta work on you know mm-hmm. regression wise uh, i think so he doesn't take that hard of a hit i i might adjust him up to an eighty two and that might just be an awareness buff, and I, I think that's how I see these rosters. Is like okay, like Stafford might get a, a an awareness boost, um, you know, just just so that they can be a little bit better than, so they don't take the uh, the regression so hard. I mean, I mean, we're still a month away from Madden, but. You know, we we don't know how the regression is going to work. I wish that's something they'd invest in or have a regression slider at least. Um, But, yeah, that's that's something that's – I guess what I'm saying is, like, uh, yeah, just show me your assessment of uh, Matt Ryan. I'm sorry for dragging on on that. No
1: worries. So I'd say the ceiling for him would probably be an 82. I don't think, you know, that he would be – any higher than that now we're talking you know post 2022 season looking back at his best i still think he comes in you know at about an 82 um if you know he performs a little better i think the issue with him versus matt matthew stafford is um now this is how it's kind of always been matthew stafford the bigger arm um you know the tough quarterback you know, someone who comes back in the fourth quarter, um, you know, someone you feel comfortable putting in an offense, in a situation. And then, you know, while, yeah, you want to put guys around them to make them better, there's someone who makes everyone around them better as well. Whereas Matt Ryan is someone, you know, you've seen, he had his MVP season with Cal Shanahan, one of the best play callers in in the game right now. Um, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, great running game. They had a great offensive line, Alex Mack, Jake Matthews. Then they had Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu. Uh, so with Matt Ryan, it's kind of like, especially at his age now, you know, he does not have anywhere near the arm that Matthew Stafford does. Matthew Stafford has a top five arm. Matt Ryan just is kind of a glorified game manager. I mean, you know, earlier in his career – you wouldn't talk about him in the same breath as like Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins. But now it's kind of gotten to the point where his arm isn't what it was. His deep ball isn't as accurate. So with him, it's it's just kind of, especially with, you know, Jonathan Taylor now, a great offensive line, will he fall into that mold of a game manager? Or will he, you know, continue to kind of do what he was doing before the last two seasons or so with the Falcons. Um, And it's just kind of hard to see at 37, you know, I know guys like Brady are doing it, but you know, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. It's kind of a different discussion. So it's just really interesting to see with him. I don't see a lot of growth. I don't think it's impossible, but I think he may more than likely with the progression with what the Colts want to do with him fall more into a game manager, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill type of mold. Um,
0: I think that should suffice a lot of the, uh, you know, the question that people do have regarding, you know, who's this dude? like who the hell do you think you are to make these adjustments? And I know you do watch the game like religiously. Yeah. That's what you do at college. So guys, uh, Liam, do you want to get these guys a little bit background? Um, you don't have to tell them where you're at, anything, but just tell them what you actually do so that they know, like, oh, this is just some random-ass dude who thinks he knows everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to – yeah, you want to lay it out for these guys
1: uh, if you feel comfortable telling them? Yeah, so um, I'm currently working as a recruiting assistant as a student um, with pit football. I spend some time um, – You know, obviously that's not everything I do, but I do spend time um, evaluating players. I've always kind of just personally as a hobby as well watched um, football. I've always kind of taken interest into the evaluation part. Um, I try to watch as much as I can and just get an idea of even the players that people aren't being, you know, aren't, aren't discussing. I like to you know know who's on each roster, what they're good at, what they're not. It just to me has always been a lot more enjoyable, so I make sure I know as much as I can about everybody. So I you know, I definitely do take the time. Um, you know, and of course, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but you know I try to be as well informed as possible and make this as little much about my opinion and more about. You know, the information out there in terms of film, in terms of, you know, stats as a little weight as you put in some of that. But just everything, as much information as I can, I try to bring in um, just to kind of get as accurate of a representation as possible to put into the game. You know, I don't feel like what Madden does is very accurate. I know it's kind of crazy to say because it's a huge company. It's who actually makes the game. It's multiple people who do the ratings. But I do feel like a lot of it. Is, you know, I don't know if it's misinformed or it's, you know, just um, marketing based, popularity, really popularity, but it does very much seem, you know, it just doesn't seem right to me. I feel like uh, a lot of their ratings um, are very high, and luckily for me, I don't have to answer any players. No, you know, no one comes after me like they do after them, but, you know, I don't know if they raise their ratings to make you know, people more happy. I just feel like as a whole, the ratings are too high and it doesn't give enough of an opportunity to differentiate players. Um, And and that's just a natural thing too. I don't go into this saying I want to lower everyone's rating. It just naturally happens. Um, I try to target, um, you know, the specific players, you know, what they're good at, what they're not, and and get an idea of where I want to rate them make sure it kind of looks good when you go through the formula on their specific traits, when you do roster editing, and then it kind of just turns out to be lower normally. Um, You know, like I said, for whatever reason that may be, but I, um, I definitely would say I take a lot of time and make sure that everything is right. uh, and, And don't just, you know, go with my opinion. I try to take in as much information that's out there I and make let's be biased as possible. Yeah. So
0: let's, let's look at this right now. Cause that, but you're, um, um, cause we get complaints about these guys talking about, Oh, like and that like So a lot of you guys are, this is your first year or this is going to be like your second, like year and in going into the, the style of league that, you know, I run, um, there's there's a couple this that all entwine together, uh maybe I should start a other beginning hey, I guess you're one I got here um, mm-hmm. there was a league t f right that that come up on YouTube. you could see someone he's going through a deep dive right now, he goes and talks about it and kind of like what Liam just said um he had a lead, Couple of us, they didn't like we'll on there. Right? Uh, to put it, frankly, the guy would, and this is the way I see it. The guy would knock mut, you know, guys paying people paying money for it, saying that kids spend money, but at the same time, like it's kind of like gambling, right? pay to play. It's the pay to win. Yeah, um, it's this Patreon that he would promote. Now, you're asking that at the time there was a bunch of kids in that server. You know, I I don't know their ages or whatever, but they would spend money on his Patreon. You know, we're a PS4 league. It's like, man, you're getting a lot of money from these kids. And this is the way I saw it. Uh, You're getting a lot of money from these kids. Why not buy a PS4 and at least build the roster on the PS4 or get people to build the roster? Like, we, we were waiting at least like two weeks for a roster like later than the Xbox because he would be on the Xbox. Like, it was just like, I'm not, not gonna say what people should do with their money, but at the same, like your a lot of your base is from PS PlayStation. It's not right that you only commit to, you know, Xbox to have that roster out when you say it's going to be out, and then it come out for the PS Five, you know, two or three weeks later. Um, I, I get exclus exclusivity, but at the same time, like I said, you know, you know people. A little bit of the knowledge. Let people know what you're going through. Send that spreadsheet over kind of like what Liam's going to do. Also, so we originally didn't like how the league was being run. Uh, It was a bunch of – there was a bunch of kids in there. uh, And we're saying kids as in like under – I want to say majority of them were like under 20. And they would run it childishly, I guess, uh, if you weren't in the circle like you. started the league then we started bfgo and then a year later called it bro liam did the first roster on that he did the two other ones and then he took a year off uh so this is this is us now in 2022 about to go met in 23 so um that's Liam does have his experience and I do respect his opinion because he watches a lot more football than me. Um, So, but that league did have what we're doing now. So realistic sim league, no cheese, get all your cheese BS out of here. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We don't want you to throw the ball 50 times a game and only rush five times. Uh, That's not how football is being played. Um, Maybe some, Someday in the future it will be, but there's still a balance between the run game and the passing game. Uh, You'll see it IRL, like teams just, you know, uh, teams not going to – team might rush it 40 times and then still win, but they're not going to pass it 50 times, you know, and there's a balance with that run game. The run game is kind of key with majority of the teams. Um, But – so so then we had the idea of, you know, just coming down with these roster ratings. Yeah, because if you – unless they're absolutely bad, I think like the worst roster this Madden is probably like the Bears or the Jags still. Um, and you'll see
1: – The Bears, yeah.
0: But, but you get what I'm saying. You get what I'm getting at, uh, everyone. Yeah. Uh, would it be the Texans?
1: Maybe the Texans. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is for um, for EA. I probably would guess the Bears because mine's also the Bears. Um,
0: the Texans yeah. aren't like de- defensively. The Texans look better than the uh, the Bears. Um, yeah, the Bears have
1: a pretty rough group.
0: Yeah, there's like no shining spot on that team. Uh, shout out to Todd, our new Bears user, uh, and welcome back. But so now. Let's go into the roster. You got Michael Parsons at 86 X-Factor. Madden has him at a 88. Oh, I was just mm-hmm. looking at it right now. I lost it. Is it an 88 X-Factor? Uh, yeah. Okay. And you're only two down. That's the point of a roster, to bring some of these ratings down so that everyone doesn't have like this juiced-ass team. Um, and to the people that are complaining, uh, and I Forgive me if I'm speaking for you, Liam, but an 86 X-Factor, depending on the user, he'll be a 90, 91 by the end of
1: the season. Yeah, and, I mean, that's just with i mean that's just with the end of the regular season. Obviously, things come in, um, you know, defense player of the year, potentially. I mean, he's a great player. Uh, you know, Pro Bowl, all those things. I mean, you could easily get up to mid-90s. It's just – an element and people forget also it's more than you know development it's also about the abilities individually too to help differentiate um i remember we had this conversation when they first introduced abilities when people weren't liking them because they were you know not always the most realistic and you know they still aren't they still aren't as good as they could be with you know just about everything in the game but the thing is um you know that works hand in hand with ratings in making these players feel more, um, of a superstar than, you know, the next guy next to them, because Micah Parsons, well, you know, yes, he's an 86, um, you know, rated right there. Just for example, like, um, Rashawn Gary, who comes in at an 85 star for me, um, you know, and he's going to develop too, but just specifically right now, as this example, um, Micah Parsons, does a lot more things, um, than like a Rashawn Gary does or one of those like middling like Trey Hendrickson, just one of those really good pass rushers, borderline, you know, uh, number one pass rusher. But Micah Parsons, he's, he's developed, he's going to continue to develop. He's still raw as he, you know, coming into his sophomore season. But he has certain things about him that other players do not. And this goes for guys like Derrick Henry, Jalen Ramsey, all of them, which the abilities help showcase and I think that, um, you know, that's important to have in as well.
0: I like – there was a – was it? I think it was a Taylor Luan's podcast, "Busting with the Boys. Uh, oh. I forgot who was on there. But they were talking about Derrick Henry. And uh, I bring up Derrick Henry because the whole server was about to explode when he said uh, – <laughs> when he was in, was 97, Superstar or something like that. Um It's kind of hard with Derrick Henry, right? Because what they said on the podcast was like, he's not a real power back. (laughs) You know, you don't see him trucking guys and stuff like that, but he does stiff arm them, right? And he's just huge, right? And he'll hit that open hole and he'll, you know, like it's kind of hard to label him as a, um, and it kind of made sense, but like a true power back you know what I'm saying? Like you when you see, when I think of power back, I think of Marshawn Lynch, you know, uh, or Steven Jackson. Um, for anybody who doesn't know who Steven Jackson was, he was a running back. I know we've got some young guys in here. He was a running back for the Rams back in the mid two thousands. Um, he was their only good player for, you know, about six, seven years. But, um, but yeah, like someone like that. I guess we can go into a little bit of the, the fixes that you do have. Um, I have my sheets open. If you want to, if you want to talk a little bit about that, we've already talked about your process of how you evaluate these players, uh, guys. I hope you understand. It's if you compare the the rosters to EAS, some of the ratings they're one or two off, and I think uh, King Mark Will was uh, – or King Mark is on here. Um, he was saying, he's like, "Huh, ah, Liam did good. He's, he's only like one or two off from Madden's rating, so, like, that's good. You know, we're not trying to have – you know, they don't need to drop five, ten overall. But um, I think what it is is you'll see that bigger gap as you go into, like, the 70s. Right. Like then they'll really start telling off, but yeah, this is good. This is good with me. Um, do you want to talk about some of your roster fixes? Um, cause I think there's, there's, there's a big one that needs to be fixed and he plays for the Rams names, uh, Cooper cup, uh, 92 X factor. I know it's kind of hard with him being, uh, labeled as a slot receiver, but he just, when he's watching play, he just much more than just be a slot receiver. Um, but go ahead. Go go ahead and uh do your thing. You want to talk about some of your fixes.
1: Yep. So first there can he's an next factor. I mean that was just a simple um input error. There were a couple of those um with the devs. Um Baker Mayfield, Star, he's gonna be a normal. Um you know, in terms of Baker Mayfield, uh you know, I was back and forth with him, I think I don't remember if I just inputted inputted it wrong or um, I forgot to change it back when I changed my mind. Uh, You know, I like Baker Mayfield. I like the arm. I just think, you know, and I also take into consideration what the teams are doing because, you know, these are, um, you know, really smart decision makers in the front offices. And for a team to be, you know, ready to move off of their first, first not just first round pick but first overall pick in the draft Um, despite drafting him or not you know is quite telling you know they obviously know more than I do at least internally with him Um, so even if the off field things aren't necessarily in in play in a in a roster rating or a development trait, it also has a big part of actual development um so that kind of makes it hard to consider him developing because he's you know he's a 78 overall and now you're talking you give him star Dev, you know now you're talking a guy who can actually turn into a true franchise quarterback not just a you know game manager not just a um you know a sufficient guy but a true franchise quarterback so we can get up into the you know high 80s maybe even low 90s depending on how well you play with them um so that's kind of the change I made there, he has a big arm, but, you know, other than that, there are certain things, certain flaws in his game, which, you know, we can talk about forever, but, um, you know, just specifically for him, that's one change I made there with the dev. And then in terms of ratings, uh, you'll like this one. I kind of reworked all the receivers because when I first did this, I went through um, and the formulas for how you input them. you know, I went through N22, kind of saw what I thought was right individually because obviously I'm not going in um, and doing the individual ratings this time. I wanted to make sure it still looked good and it came out a certain way for a few receivers and it I didn't really like how it came out when I re-looked at it. So I went back um, and you'll like Cooper Cup 95 instead um, of a 92. It was hard with him, like you said, you know, he is kind of a slot guy. Um, he's not necessarily like an outside receiver like Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins, but I did kind of look through that and um, you know, I felt a 95 was probably more fitting too. Um, and I also saw the gap from a 97 um, to a 92 with Devontae Adams to the next best receiver. And I didn't really feel like, you know, as great as Devontae Adams is, I didn't really like that gap was truly there. So a lot of these receivers also kind of came up, um, not just because of the changes in the formula, but the changes also um, with that as well, kind of closing the gap, making it a little bit more realistic. So DeAndre Hopkins goes from a 91 to 94. I know there's, you know, I went back and actually looked at him even more um, just to kind of see. Um, not just in terms of the formula, but I went back and watched a little bit more as well just to kind of see. And, you know, he wasn't healthy. Um, he did get suspended. And, you know, we'll see what happens when he comes back. But he did play well in, you know, about half the season, which is what he played. Um, so he goes, you know, I actually had him in 94 anyways. Um, I don't know what happened with that. So that might have been an error as well, but I did not want to go back and double check in case I thought that, you know, I put it in, Right, wrong, however, whatever happened with that, you know, as everyone's seen, there's been a couple mistakes, Um, you know, that'll happen. And then Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill both go up to 94 as well. Um, And then Justin Jefferson goes from a 90 to 92. So those are a couple of the receiver changes just to kind of close the gap and make it a little bit more realistic in there, as well as the formula changes. And then, um, Khalil Mack, I moved down from a 94 to a 92. Uh, DeMario Davis is an 89 superstar. He was missing from the top 10, just forgot him. Um, and then Trent Williams went from a 97 to 98. I didn't want to give him a 99 since I've been making the roster. I have not given anyone a 99, but Aaron Donald, because I just feel like there's a huge tier gap there. Um, You and honestly, if I could give him a higher rating, I probably would. Um, He's as close to a perfect player, I think, that, you know, I've ever watched play. And I know I haven't been watching, you know, forever. But again, I mean, the things that he does, it's hard to find a flaw in his game. Um, So I always do like to try and keep that gap. But I also don't feel like there is a 99 perfect player other than him. Um, You know, Trent Williams had a great season last year. But previous to that, he hasn't been this level of a player he's playing in a huge system that's friendly for offensive players, not just receivers, not just quarterbacks, not just running backs, but also offensive line. Um, and then I believe one other change was Deontay Johnson from an 81 to an 82, just another one of those receiver formula changes. Um, and then there are a couple other guys that may, I can't promise, won't fluctuate a little bit just depending on, you know, going back. And throughout the entire process, I'm going to go back and, just double check everything just because to make sure it's all looking good but those are the current ones I have now um, and then I'll probably post them somewhere or you know continue to update as that changes yeah I mean if you feel comfortable with uh,
0: sending me over the spreadsheet um, with, with the main roster mm-hmm. that will work too I mean I'm almost done with uh, let's see the AFC West so I just got the Chiefs and the Uh, Raiders to post, and we'll be done with that. Um, And that's where, I mean, you're you're very reasonable, right, with some of these ratings. Like, uh, I think the only knock, like, if we're talking about them, so the knock with me, with DeAndre Hoffman, where I do feel like he had him right at, like, a 90, low lower 90s, what is it, 91, uh, from what I'm seeing right here, uh, is that, it was a PED violation, and usually when I see guys getting like the PED thing, I'm like a little bit more crucial on them. I was like, ah, oh, well, he's PEDs, but the thing with P I I learned about the PEDs, they can eat like some weird beef or something like that that yeah. you know steroid, uh, steroid beef that they got now, um, and you know he'll get he'll get nicked for that. Just you know what I'm saying? Like he, he goes out to eat, and the beef that he had is just juiced up. Um, yeah. or it could be something that gets banned from year to year on their like their workout um supplements. It, it's it's a really weird situation that the NFL has. Um, and then the uh, Aaron, yeah, the other thing go ahead. with
1: him, yeah, the other thing with him, I just wanted to say too is you know I completely understand your point. Um, but we know what DeAndre Hopkins is like. It's not a question of um, you know. Did he play better because he took those? I mean, no, you know, um, there was a stretch after, you know, Antonio Brown's collapse for about a year or two, at least, where DeAndre Hopkins was the best receiver in the league. He probably still has the best hands um, all across the board when you're talking about, you know, um, cause the catching contested passes, um, you know, just playing, catching the ball, open in space, um, you know, obviously a route running has slightly diminished. We'll see how that goes um, with him when he comes back. But you also have to remember, and this is what happens with a lot of players, especially veterans. You know, they don't have a good year the year before, and then the public starts taking them out of their top tens. You know, everyone loves to release their top tens, and then consensusly players start to get underrated. You know, guys like Stephon Gilmore, um, who wasn't great last year. You know, again, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Gilmore, are both injured, but you know, you just kind of completely forget about players when they don't perform for one year and then they come back the next year and they play really good again and you're like oh wow you know I forgot about them and you know that's the hard part of trying to uh, figure out where to put guys like that who you know they seem to be regressing but they really haven't shown it yet but like everyone thinks they're going to so you have to remember you know it's not completely about forecasting what's going to happen. Like, yeah, there's a lot of players who are going to get better. There's a lot of players who are going to probably get worse. But you have to find a good medium and, you know, stick to what they've been doing because what they've proven to do is where they should be rated. Um and then what they're going to do, you know, unfortunately you kind of have to leave that up to Madden's regression and progression system, which isn't perfect. But that's just kind of what it is. Um, you know, because then when you start going to okay, let's drop this guy because he might get worse, or let's raise this guy because he's probably getting it better. You know, then you kind of have to do that for everybody, and that's where it you know gets kind of difficult. So the best spot, in my opinion, um, and I would say generally, any roster creator probably wants to go after where the players you know at right now and what they've been doing, what they've proven, rather than you know, what you think. Cause then it starts getting super opinionated. And then that's when you really, you know, get in a spot where people don't enjoy playing with your roster. Cause it's kind of just too opinionated and not everyone is going to agree with your opinion. That's what that's, yeah, that's one thing. Um,
0: that's one thing I hated about the EA rosters. Like, uh, after that stretch where Stafford had like three picks or two picks each game, uh, was it the Niners tech Niners, Titans and Packers? Um, where he had like, he just wasn't playing right. Like something was weird. Uh, Madden just took him from like, I think they had him at the highest last season, like 87, 88. And they just mm-hmm. dropped him down to like an 80. And he never recovered from an 80 until the Super Bowl when he, you know, had a better game. If you look in this, like people were saying, like, oh, he threw two picks in that game. um, yeah. It was like Ben Skoranek throws the ball up in the air. uh, You know what I'm saying? Like, and. Mm-hmm what was it, the, the pick for Van Jefferson against the 49ers when they beat the 49ers. Shout out to Al, 49ers.
1: The Quisky tart? No, I'm
0: talking about the, the Van Jefferson. It was like a go-for-it ball. Van oh, Jefferson okay. doesn't even try to go for the ball, and the ball gets intercepted in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. Like I, That's where I start. I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah, so interceptions aren't the end-all, be-all for a good or bad quarterback. It's like when, you know, making rookie mistakes when he's throwing the ball, you know, out of the end zone and it goes right into a
1: defender's hands, like, that's stupid. That that was a stupid player. Uh, yeah. I mean, quarterback's also a very volatile position in terms of, its, you know, the performance is going to be very inconsistent. Um, you know, especially right now, you know, um, maybe it's just who's here in the game or, you know, what defenses are doing um you know before you used to be able to say okay you know Tom Brady's gonna show up every single week um you know and he's a guy who's gonna play and you're never gonna have to worry about a bad game and the defense having to carry him um or you know Peyton Manning's gonna show up Drew Brees is gonna show up you know even Aaron Rodgers is gonna show up um and I know he had some points in his career near the end-ish um or at least you know closer to now um where it was a little more inconsistent, but, you know, you used to be able to say, okay, well, I know this quarterback's going to be good this week. You know, now, even the top guys, and it is because a lot of the, you know, good quarterbacks are younger now, but there's a lot more inconsistencies, and I think it's kind of with the style of play, but you have to be able to not overreact to fluctuations, um, you know, from week to week especially. I mean, there's so many different things that can go into any player, you know, performing one week performing not, you know, I know there's some talk about like Jalen Ramsey. He didn't play great in the playoffs. I mean, you know, we all know what Jalen Ramsey can do. Um, you know, I have no concern about him coming back next year and doing exactly what he's been doing his entire career. Um, so just because a player plays bad for a stretch or because, you know, whatever is in recent memory, you know, you cannot completely forget about everything. It's, you know, even though it's not an NBA or MLB season, it's still a really long season. There's still a lot of stats that you're going to play. Um, and you have to be able to make sure that you're not under or overreacting to any, you know, game and play, anything like that. Yeah. Uh, going back to Jalen Ramsey, um,
0: watching the Super Bowl, they, they were dogging him like he's washed now. Right. But if, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, if you, the only time that Jalen Ramsey has really been beaten is when they get him on the slants. And that's where guys usually get Jalen Ramsey is the slant. Right. That's, if you can't throw outside, you got to throw inside. And that's, you know, that's kind of Jalen Ramsey's game, right? So I think they said he let up 100 and, was it 40 yards? And then, but if you take away
1: the one but play, where's that? Yeah, the face mask, which shouldn't have yeah. been.
0: Right. It can, it can go either way, right, on it. Like, because it's mm-hmm. the middle of the game. You want to let players play. Whatever. Not to make excuses. Plays like that do happen in the NFL. There's a lot of holding that goes against Aaron Donald and they never call it. But, you know, you take away that one play, that 75-yard play, and it's down to like 70 yards for the whole game that he
1: led up to others, to the – I think it was to Chase and Boyd or Higgins. The other thing, uh, the other thing about him, um, which is interesting, is, you know, and if you listen to him talk as well, he likes to be in the action um you know he doesn't enjoy being a shutdown corner he you know they put him in the slot this year just because he's aggressive he's physical he wants to be around the wall um so he's going to be aggressive he's going to jump routes he's going to try um and go after the ball and attack the ball and not necessarily just completely shut down the receiver you know gone are the days of Darrell Revis. Um, you know, who can just man up and shut you down the entire game. Um, you know, it's bigger than yards in a sense. Um, you know, obviously it's still something to look at, but it's also the tape. And this is the thing. I mean, corner is one of the worst positions to look at for staff, especially with things like interceptions. Um, you know, a lot of that just comes down to watching the player play. And, you know, It's like how much you're willing to give up um, to be aggressive. And and it's just a whole game like that. So, you know, know, Jalen Ramsey, oh, he didn't, you know, he's not, he's giving up more yards than he has been, but he's also doing things differently. He's also playing a different role. He's also being more aggressive. He's also, um, you know, doing certain things. And, you know, yeah, that might not be what's best for him um, in certain situations, but then, you know, he makes a play and then you forget about all that. So, and the thing to remember there is, you know, you give some and you take some and you lose some. Um, so, you know, just because his role is evolving doesn't mean he's not the same player he was. Just because someone's doing something differently, um, you know, doesn't mean that they aren't the player that they once were. It, it's just, you know, I mean, depending on whatever the team needs for you to do, you know, you're going to play and that's, honestly the ideal player um especially on defense you know they do what you ask of them or they even put themselves up to do what is most needed and i think that last year him being able to go in the slot him being more aggressive him being able to use his aggressiveness in a good way not necessarily um you know jumping routes and giving up big plays um him going for interceptions, but him being able to hit people, him being able to on the slot and, and do things like that, I think that that has really helped them and taken his game to another level. Because now you can put him in the slot, and then you can put him outside, you can do all these different things with him. And I think that that's a, a very interesting addition to his game as well. And I think he's only going to get better at both. Yeah,
0: and yeah, as a Rams fan, I'm hoping they, you know, pull the trigger on uh, one of the remaining veteran cornerbacks in free agency and. You know, just so that it can take off some of the pressure from Ramsey. Uh, Because Darius Williams did struggle a little bit last season. Yeah. Um, You know, Jordan Fuller was there. But the safety room was just not the place to be right there if you're the Rams. Because they had to bring out uh, Eric Eric Weddle out of retirement. That's how bad the safety room was playing. Um, But that's besides the point now. Uh, You did get one question. He's like, uh, this is Urban Meyer. Uh, our Jags user saying I would like Booth to watch Devin Lloyd highlights and tell me why he's not better than Derek Stingley. Uh, and this can correspond with uh, Tyler's question. If we can break down a little bit of the first round rookies and dev, mm-hmm. I'll say this right now. Uh, we did it towards the end of Madden 22. I think Aiden Hutchinson might be the only player uh, deserving of a superstar. Um, but uh let you you know go ahead and if you want to answer the Devin Lloyd question and go into the rookie ratings I, I think this mm-hmm. be a good time to transition.
1: So Devin Lloyd specifically um you know I mean he comes in um late twenties for the drags he's a pick there I mean Derek Stingley's you know third overall so that's kind of not even a conversation to have um but in terms of Devin Lloyd specifically He's a really good player. Um, you know, a lot of people thought he was going to go higher than he did. The issue with him is an issue with a lot of linebackers. I mean, number one, the value of linebackers is kind of decreasing just because, um, you know, whether you're a really good run defender or you're just a good run defender, the difference there right now in today's game isn't making that much of a difference. What really sets you apart is your ability, um, in coverage as a linebacker and there's only probably five or so guys who are like elite coverage guys who are you know just fine or complete liabilities and i think for him the concern does come down to coverage um does come down to like stiffness and you know can he become one of those coverage guys you know fred warner was not a first round pick um You know, even Darius Leonard, who isn't an elite coverage guy, but he's still a playmaker in his own way with, you know, he's, I mean, you know, he's an elite, elite run defender. So even though, you know, great run defenders, good run defenders, kind of clumped into one, um, you know, he still sets himself apart with, you know, his ability to defend the run as well as his ability, you know, um, to punch the ball out. Um, You know, he forced so many turnovers last year, and that's a big thing being able to do that. Um, so, with Devin Lloyd, it's just the issues of, you know, is he going to be able to be an excellent coverage player? Is he going to be able to uh, be more than just a run defender? Because you can get a run defender um, at linebacker in free agency very cheap, very easily, or later in the draft, or you can get run defense from other places. There's two other linebackers, um, depending on what system you're running. Um, you know, you have your defensive front as well. You have a great defensive front. Your linebackers really don't matter. Um, to be honest with you, unless you have a great elite coverage group, um, you know, because if you have like an Eagles front, you've seen it. The Eagles do not value their linebacker room. They have had one of the worst linebacker rooms um, for a long time, but they have probably, um, if not the best, they definitely have the deepest defensive line. Um, that's what they continue to invest in mm-hmm. because they get run defense from there. They get pass rush, um, and if you get after the quarterback. And if you, you know, stop the run before they even get to the uh, the second level, it doesn't matter. Um, so with Devin Lloyd, just the question of can he be an elite coverage guy or can he be at least a really good one, um, you know, just because of his stiffness and instincts and things like that. And the same questions were kind of about Kobe Dean, Now he had medical issues, um, which is kind of a different conversation. Um, so we'll just kind of have to see with him. I don't fully think... That he has all the, you know, coverage ability to be an elite linebacker and be worth a first-round pick, um, or at least, you know, where they're talking about late, you know, late first-round think That was actually a great pick. I think that's going to work well for them. Um, but we'll just kind of have to see. It's just really questionable with first-round pick linebackers and their coverage ability.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, I like that answer. I
0: uh, hope that answers your question. Uh, what's his name? I forgot. I, need, I need to figure out those guys' real name, or, or something. Oh, Urban Meyer. Yeah. But, yeah, I, you're the one that taught me this. It's like the transition to the NFL for, like, tight ends and linebackers is, like, the hardest of any position group. Mm-hmm. Um, just, well, for tight ends, what they got to learn how to block at, yeah. at that higher speed. And uh, they got to learn the route, route concepts and everything like that. And the linebackers, it's, you know, a little bit talked about. And I've yeah. and, and seen it, you know, ever since the, the McVay era, you know, of how their defense has been adapting. Like, so they have kind of like the, the, the Belichick uh, defense where it's, you know, you're here, we got you on this team for pass coverage and pass coverage only. So we're going to switch, you know, they're, they're deep defenses, right? Where you bring in, uh, Tra- I think Traven Howard,
1: they want to use him for mm-hmm. coverage. So when they know yeah, it's they've taken, know, uh, they've taken a lot of guys um, who, you know, and it's kind of confused me to be honest with you because I'm like, okay, they're signing this out of DNA dress and I'm going through doing my roster and I'm looking at film and I'm looking, um, you know, at snaps of like, you know, I'm like, why does this guy, you know, like Justin Hollins, why does he have um, you know, past this many pass coverage snaps, and I go back and I look specifically, and I'm like, mm, okay, so they were using him as a pass coverage guy. Um, so they're, you know, what they're doing over there is interesting. Um, you know, with uh, Raheem Morris, um, you know, he's still, I believe he's still there as their defensive coordinator, um, who came over from Atlanta, um, uh, mm-hmm. and then they had, um, and then they had Wade Phillips before um, uh, Brandon Staley, and then Brandon Staley in between. So they've always been doing interesting things there. With you know how they use guys, um, not necessarily the same system as the Patriots, but they do have the same idea of you know we need you to do this, so you do this, and it works. Ish. Um, you know now they bring in flashy Bobby Wagner, you know who's going down but they haven't invested in linebacker Inside, I'd say like Corey Littleton like they haven't had a really good linebacker or at least inside um, since him um, so that'll be interesting but yeah I mean they've been you know using you know guys who traditionally be you know this is an edge rusher in coverage you know as off the linebacker um, and it's been interesting and it has worked um, for them
0: The that's one thing the uh... Yeah, I know I'm sorry, we're not trying to make this into the Rams podcast, guys. But uh, one of the things that they they've been showing a lot of is Bobby Wagner pass rushing. It was you know, there, um, right? You can you can uh, you can see the gaps. You read the gaps and just shoot. Uh, mm-hmm. so there it's what they lost in Von Miller. Now it's not gonna be completely Von Miller. Um, but Hope to utilize his pass rushing ability uh, a little bit more up the middle. You know, you get Aaron Donald slide over a little bit in between the tackle and the guard. And, you know, there's a hope because they're going to double, you know, they're going to double uh, Aaron Donald. So there's going to be a pass rusher coming down. Um, and while Miller's like going back, because I think before he got to the Rams, I think he was like an 80 something. And then he played he got up to. It was like a 92, 93. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just goes to show like people like the whole you know, or he's washed. you know, they, that can change in a heartbeat. Uh, and he's going to low bills where you know, they got a, a decent front seven and a, and a solid secondary. So that, that defense um, but on to the next subject, uh, you want to talk a little bit about rookies. Um, like I said, that was a question that somebody had, mm-hmm. some of their devs. I already said it. I think Aiden Hudson is probably the only one worth a superstar if we do hand out a superstar dev. Uh, do you want
1: to go into that a little bit? Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. Um, I have said that my rookies are kind of subject to change um, a little bit. Um, just because some teams are not great, their rookies were put in, and honestly, I probably should have just not included them. But you know, um, you know, we've seen uh, made a bunch of mistakes with with how I've done these spreadsheets. Um, with Aiden Hutchinson, though, um, interesting. He's definitely my number one rated rookie. Um, the thing is with him, I. I don't think he has the upside that the rest of the pass rushers do. Um, So I would probably say he comes in at a star dev, um, which, you know, obviously it's difficult because, you know, you're you're having to give abilities now – Um, you know, for the first 500 snaps, like how Madden does it, they don't get their abilities until it's unlocked. Um, but it, you know, in years past, you used to be able to say, okay, this player gets this easily. Okay. He's going to develop, but now you're giving rookies abilities, which is kind of hard. And you have to find, you know, who really deserves it. So guys like Evan Neal, um, Derek Stingley who are really good players who have a lot of upside, um, you know you have to decide You know, are they worthy of it um because there's guys like Trayvon Walker who have huge upside you know they are worth being given probably a development you know of the superstar but they're not that player yet um so you kind of have to go back and forth um with who really deserves it as really important, um, you know, but like specifically Aiden Hutchinson, you know, his ceiling is definitely the lowest of the three when it come when you talk about Thibodeau and Trayvon Walker, um, but coming in, there's a huge gap. You know, he comes in three overall spots higher than Kayvon Thibodeau, who I have at a 75, and then Trayvon Walker who I have at a 74. Um, so there's that clear day one gap but then, you know, how quickly can they catch up to, to him um, when they develop, when both of them refine more pass-rich moves, when both of them um, become more complete, well, well-rounded players? Um, and then the other thing that's important is, you know, offensive linemen um, don't get... I don't know if they changed that. I think they were talking about it. I don't know if they changed it, but previously, offensive linemen cannot go up in development, so I usually try to give them the benefit of the doubt just because, you know, um, if I think they're going to be a superstar player eventually, um, you know, then sometimes I like to give them the superstar um, just because they can't really get it on their own, and it's just kind of unrealistic to have um, someone who should be a top tackle in the game or a top guard or top center or whatever in the game not having the dev, um you know is just kind of hard to do um you know with them not giving it you know through the cpu or you know through through franchise um so that's something i like to do there but yeah i mean it is a difficult um discussion and decision when you're trying to give out you know superstar um, to rookies
0: I, I think that's the one thing that madden does need to work on uh whether they base it on you know. Running stats or whatever it may be, there there has to be a uh, a way for your offensive lineman because then it does like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we talked about it. It creates too much of a gap between you know your pass rushers and then the offensive lineman, uh, which they kind of. I hope they fix it. Like, pass rushing was just so broken. Mm-hmm. Um, you like Aaron Donald? I think the most sacks he had in one season was like nine or ten. Which is yeah. right on par, right? But if he has the X factor ability, you know, or TJ Watt, for instance, I think one of the guys wanted to trade him because it's just like, why do I need uh, TJ Watt if he doesn't get pressure? I think it was like the three, four, like you wouldn't get any pass rushing, uh, yeah. especially with like your superstar players, which is kind of, it's kind of broken. Um, but yeah, I completely understand. I, I think we can all agree with that. Uh, offensive linemen do need that little boost. Uh, now, if we talk about, there's a lot of wide receivers in this draft. Um, mm-hmm. Who are some of your top top rated uh, wide receivers? You know, there's obviously Drake London, Jameson Williams, and uh, who's the other guy? Traylon Burks. Yeah. Um, Derek Wilson, of course. Um. <laughs> Who do you see, like, changing from now until we actually get a solid, uh, a solid, I I guess we'll say, like, the solid spreadsheet, the,
1: you know. So I'll give you my, I'll give you the first round picks. Um, I feel pretty safe about these. Um, So my number one receiver is Garrett Wilson, 76. 76. Um now all, all of these guys come in at star. Um, you know, obviously the superstar question is to be discussed, but I don't think that any of these are, you know, superstar worthy players, so you know, that's not something to, to be concerned about here. Um so Garrett Wilson comes in, seventy-six star. Um, you know, I know he's not the first receiver taken. I know Drake London's taken after him and we'll get to Drake London, but I think that and I know EA has get Jameson Williams rated higher, I just think Garrett Wilson is the best receiver of the group. Um, I think he is probably the most pro ready. I think he's also the most upside in terms of being your ex wide receiver one. It um, fits really well with the Jets. You know, Corey Davis had his best seasons with A.J. Brown, you know, as wide receiver one, him in the wide receiver two spot. Um, and you know, being able to be that second option, you know, I think that'll work well for Corey Davis, but Garrett Wilson is probably the only true number one receiver um, coming out. Like the only guy that I can, you know, sit here and say, I think this guy can be a wide receiver one, like Jamar Chase was. I don't think he's going to be as good. You know, we probably will never see that again. Um, But then again, you know, Jamar Chase did what he did right after Justin Jefferson. So you never know. Um, But I think that Garrett Wilson is the one guy who doesn't necessarily have to um, entirely develop his game into being a wide receiver one. I just think he has to develop certain traits to become a wide receiver one um, in the NFL. Um, So I think that he's probably the most well-rounded, dominant number one receiver. And then number two for me is Jameson Williams, 75 star as well, Um, you know what? He is more of, I don't want to say a wide receiver too, um, but he is your deep threat. He is your, um, you know, not necessarily gadget player, but you're going to utilize his speed. Um, that's the big thing with Jameis Williams is the speed he has. I'm not too worried about the injury. Um, I think he'll be able to recover pretty well from that, as everyone has been. Um, so he's kind of more of your, you know, deep threat, um, a speedy guy who doesn't necessarily come out to be your wide receiver one. Um, you know, it'll be interesting because the, the Lions have a bit of a different dynamic. They have a slot guy in my St. Brown, um, who kind of excels as a slot receiver. He's not like your Cole Beasley um, or your like Jamison Crowder. Right, who you can only plug in the slot, and then they'll just give you the first down on, you know, third and 10. They'll be mm-hmm. someone who, you know, you're going to get open. Like, there's someone who can, you can actively give the ball to. They just happen to play in the slot, they just happen to do their best work in the slot. Kind of like Cooper Cup. Obviously, he's not, you know, Cooper Cup, but in that same breath of like they can be a playmaker from the slot. You know, then you have DJ Shark, who um, is, I guess, coming out to be your quarter receiver one. Um, just because that's how uh, it's oriented. Um, But he's your, you know, contested catch receiver, kind of like Mike Evans in a sense, Um, you know, because no one's calling Mike Evans a true wide receiver one for the Bucs because how they share the ball around in the line, it's going to have that same dynamic going there. Um, But Jameis Williams, you know, he comes in at number two. Um, It'll be interesting to see what type of player he turns into. Um, if he does become a true wide receiver one, he'd kind of have to develop it, but he's going to be a great deep threat. He's going to be a great weapon um, for the Lions and whoever ends up being their quarterback moving forward. And then the number three receiver for me is Chris Olave for the Saints. Um, he's probably um, after Garrett Wilson, um, you know, both coming from Ohio State, you know, Brian Hartline coaching them, probably the best receiver coach in college football right now. The um, the most pro ready going to be able to do the most for Jameis Winston year one. Um, Just not with the upside. He doesn't have the athleticism and the speed of Jameis Williams, and he doesn't necessarily have the traits um, to be that easy, you know, Garrett Wilson, number one receiver um, in the NFL, but he's going to still be able to be a great weapon um, for, for Jameis Winston. And, you know, Whomever else ends up being the quarterback, if it isn't Jameis Winston. Um, but he doesn't have the upside, I think, as Garrett Wilson and Jameis Williams do. And then for me, number four, 74 for Drake London. Um, I know he was the first receiver taken. I didn't really love him. Um, I think that the issue is the separation and the speed for him. Um, he's a lot like Mike Evans, like a lot like Mike Evans. In the ways that they don't need separation they can go up and get the ball they can um, work around defensive backs. But the thing is you know it's very hard to do that as a receiver without gaining mm. separation and we've seen guys like Jay um, I think a white side um, countless other guys you know Kelvin Har- Harmon, um, just a random name throughout for, for Washington, just guys like that who don't separate um it's it's really hard to be successful when you don't separate um in the the amount of receivers who catch the ball and don't separate versus the ones who do i mean you're talking you know 50 60 players you know who their go-to way to you know get receptions is by getting open with speed with route running And then you're talking maybe five, ten guys who just use um, their hands, who just use their size, who just use their physicality. So it's just it's a lot harder to be a contested catch receiver. Um, Now Drake Longman is completely capable of it. It's just like, you know, how is that going to happen? How is he going to be able to do that? You know, I have some slight doubts just because of um, just because of the, the challenges that it presents. Um, but, you know, I mean, he's still 74 overall. Um, that's, that's not a bad rating at all um, for, for a front pick. I think that he still has a chance. It's just going to be interesting. And then, you know, next is Traylon Burke, 73, um, for the Titans. I think he has a lot of work to do um, in terms of getting better, but I do like how you can kind of use him. Um, I think that he does fit in well as a great AJ Brown replacement. Um, you know, coming across the middle, um, working on all three levels, you know, short, intermediate, deep, um, you know, coming across the field. A.J. Brown, some of his best work was catching the ball um, with guys around him and then, um, you know, making plays after the catch. I think Trenton Berg can do that, but I think that he probably um, has the most development of the guys he listed so far to do, and it'll be interesting to see how that works in a run first offense and After Robert Woods, they're kind of relying on him to develop into their wide receiver one. You you trade Mm -hmm. away your pick, and essentially you're just saying, okay, give me uh, Traylon Burks for A.J. Brown. Um, So you already have that expectation of this guy needs to be your next wide receiver one. It'll be interesting to see how that works. And then um, the last first round pick, Jahan Dotson, um, coming in at a 72, he is someone, he's a little undersized from Penn State. Um, he's probably one of the um, the more safer guys in a sense. He's been doing it longer than everybody else. Um, for the most part, he's been someone who's been talked about for a while, the top receiver even before, um, you know, getting into the full draft talk. But before the season, you know, Jahan Dotson, he's going to be good. Um, you know, he's someone you can put in slots. and and work well um for Washington. Um but again it kind of comes down to the upside with him. Um is he gonna be wide receiver one? Probably not. Um was he drafted a little early, maybe, but he's, you know, a solid slot guy. He's, you know, not gonna be a, you know, just a pure slot receiver. They can't do anything other than be a slot receiver. But his upside is his ceiling might be a little bit limited there. Um, And then that rounds out the first round. Um, I think that that's probably about where um, I'd like everyone to be. And then, you know, the second round picks, there's a lot more there as well, which, you know, you'll get to see once they're released um, that come in really close to those guys as well, just because there's so much talent at receiver. Um, You know, George Pickens, Sky Moore, John Mechie, Christian Watson, all those guys, Alec Pierce, um, are also going to come in and be um, effective guys to use if you develop them the right way. Um, so, so they're also going to be you know good, usable receivers as well, like I just mentioned. And, uh, man, yeah, I, w- I wish we
0: can go a little bit further into it, um, but I'm, I'm running short on time. I'm actually at work right now. Um, before we get out of here, though, you mind uh, the QBs? You want to just do a quick run-through of them. You don't have to give a complete Mm -hmm. breakdown of them. You want to just give us your top five. um, You know, uh, give us a a
1: range of where they'll be at. So I have Kenny Pickett at A70. He's by far the most priority quarterback. He's, you know, for a reason, he's taking the first round in a year where there's not many great quarterbacks. Why not just go with the easy you know, who's going to be the first round pick? Um, You know, who's going to be, you know, the safest option? And, you know, people forget you know, 20th overall pick, you're not getting, you know, triple Lawrence. You're not getting, um, you know, a perfect prospect. You know, you're getting a game manager um, or a, you know, high upside low ceiling quarterback. And, you know, Kenny Pickett comes in at a 70 and then there's Desmond Ritter who comes in at a 68, kind of similar to Kenny Pickett, just not as polished. um, Another low ceiling guy um, with a little bit more, mobility and speed to him. Uh, Matt Corral, also going to probably be in that 60, high 60s, mid 60s range. Um, and then there's Malik Willis right there around about a 67, 69 in, in that mold. Um, it's depending on exactly you know, where he ends up after I kind of solidifies the rating. The um, thing with him is, again, high upside, low floor. Um, he's probably the the highest upside quarterback, um, but he's taken up to around for a reason. He's a lot of problems, and then there's Sam Howell, um, also coming about that that low floor, high ceiling as well. Not as high as Mike was, um, but he's probably going to be ra- rated around 67 in that area too. Just um, you know, not a great quarterback here by the ratings.
0: Yeah, and uh, and it's not. It's not the end all, be all with these quarterbacks. Sometimes it's just so hard to tell with rookie. Um, uh, because I remember, we were custom draft class for TFGO, um, and I think it was Trevor who got Ed Oliver up to like year two. Um, mm-hmm. um, but then, you know. IRL, he's a solid – he's not – they were predicting him to be the next Aaron Donald. They were giving him comparisons to that, something like that. Uh, I would say that they were completely wrong. But then it's kind of hard to indicate an Aaron Donald. Uh, But at the same time, like I said, this is kind of why we have to be uh, wary of just assigning superstar devs to to rookies, uh, just to make it like, we give you the opportunity to uh, earn your superstar, you know, um, rookie, because there is bust, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to be a superstar that gets drafted in the first round. Uh, that's why one of the things we do here in Bro is kind of randomize them. They're if we, if able to use uh, – uh, it's a sheet. So, like, it just random them unless they're like – I think the first over or like the first 15 picks will keep the dev the way they are. Um, but even at that, I think.
1: Um, uh, yeah, I but mean, with that I being say, said, go ahead. I just want to say real quick, I would say, you know, I mean, this is a discussion we'll have. It's really possible, um, you know, that we decide to go with, um, you know, no superstar devs um, and just kind of let the game, um, let the users, let the stats, you know, let all that let Madden almost kind of just develop these players on their own, because um, that's you know another way we could do about it. Um, you know, we'll we'll see when we get closer to the time of the ratings uh, and you know the time of the roster being ready. Um, but you know that's just another potential way we could go about doing it, um, like we've done in the past with some of the draft classes.
0: Yeah. And with that being said, everyone, I want to thank Liam. We'll have to get him back on uh, maybe towards midseason. We'll go right before playoffs um, or something like that. Or if you want to come on earlier, that's fine. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll try to compare where these players are compared to where they actually are IRL. Um, I mean, like we said, it can't just be based off. Some guys do have off seasons, and they bounce back the following year. But we'll see was like, uh, we'll, that's justified with the, uh, with some of the ratings that we received. I think that would be a very good one. And then we'll have to get straight into that one. Uh, and that could just be our our, our Liam's Roster Review uh, podcast before playoffs, see how these guys actually played out. Uh, Liam, I want to thank you for the work that you've done and the work that you continue to do for our league. Um, I told you before, uh, BFGO, bro, they wouldn't have you know, worked out if it wasn't for you. So I thank you for that. Completely thank you for that. Guys, uh, He he's I, – I don't want to say he completely knows what he's doing, but he does put a lot of work. He, it's his passion to, you know, like look at these players, uh, to scout players. That's kid wants to be a scout one day, and hopefully, you know, his career takes him further than that. So uh, just – I'm not saying you have to completely respect him, but, you know, just show a little respect to the work that he's putting in for us here in the league. And like I said, he's only, you know, his ratings aren't, you know, drastic where they're like 10 point overall differences from Madden 32 or three, just so that we're not so top heavy and everyone has a super team by the end of year, too. Um, Liam, is there anything you want to say
1: before we go? I think that's it. Um yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for giving me the opportunity um you know to make the roster for the league and um you know, best luck to everyone this season. Oh yeah, I appreciate it man. Uh and good luck to
0: you this season man. Uh maybe we'll see you on TV with Pitt, you know, just standing there next to the coach or something like how the hell did you get tickets or how the hell do you get a pass down here, you know what I'm saying? Maybe they're arresting you taking kicking you out or something. But uh but thank you, guys, once again. That was our bro down, our, our semi-roster preview. Um, Liam's going to take his time with the, the rookie ratings, which is fine. we got two more teams to showcase, and then we'll be on our way. And then, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Uh, this is part one of the podcast. Tomorrow I'll be looking to do part two. Al said he'd like to come on, so if any of you guys would like to come on, just uh, DM me, and we can talk a little bit more, Matt. And Liam, thanks Thanks again. You have a blessed one. Thank you, bro. Y'all have a great one. Peace.